0: My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and of course helpful tips to not only write your next book but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, Robert Beverly from Chicago. Robert, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Dallas? I'm doing pretty well. Doing good too, yeah. Today we're going to discuss your book, Jesus and the Girl in the Orange Bikini. And when I first saw this title, I'm like, what is happening here? I'm really interested in this book, in this title. And so I'm excited to have you here and talk about this with our audience today. Before we begin, I always like to give the guests the opportunity to share a little bit about your personal testimony.
1: Well, that question is answered in the book, and I don't want to give too much away, but this book is about my testimony and my journey and how I got there. It's a memoir. There's some funny stories um, of my life that everything kind of led me there. But I became a Christian the night before Thanksgiving in 2014. And a lot of people don't know the exact time they became a Christian, but I do. And that's what led me to write this book. And it happened to me the night before early evening, um, November of 2014. And I was in a dark place going through some really difficult times. And uh, I was driving along in my car. And I looked over to the passenger side and Jesus was in my car. He was there next to me. That's why the book is called Jesus and the Girl in the Orange Bikini. Because it also intertwines with that girl and how she played a factor in my life and my journey to Jesus. And um, it really, it changed me. You know, we Christians, we go through how we get to Jesus, whether you're born in the faith and you raise up in a church or you're at your lowest of lows. And for me, when Jesus came to me, when I experienced him, the weight of the world lifted off of me. And you don't know how burdened you are until the weight is gone. And uh, I tell people it's like I had a barbell on my shoulders and I was doing squats in the gym and I lifted it off. And that feeling of, okay, that's done. That's what happened to me. It was such a profound experience that the binds and the, the weight of the world left me. And I had such a aura of calmness and peace and joy mm-hmm. and uh, happiness, laughter, you know, So that's kind of what happened to me. I don't want to give away too much because it's all written out in the book, Mm -hmm. but that's when it happened to me.
0: And I do want to ask a specific question. Why do you think this was your encounter with Jesus? Because there's, like you said, so many other encounters. Why do you think this is
1: the one he chose specifically for you? I think God and Jesus comes to you when you need him. Sometimes we search and we search and we ask and, you know, send me signs, let me know, And maybe we don't see them. Maybe they're right in front of our face and we don't see them. I really believe Jesus gives you what you want when you're ready to receive it. And sometimes we don't know we're ready to receive it. I didn't know I was ready to receive it. I didn't know I needed it. I thought I was forgotten. Um, And I go into in depth about that in the book of, of how I felt forgotten and lost and was trying to solve everything myself through most of my life like we do. You know, work harder, be nicer, pray more. I didn't even know how to pray. I was raised Catholic, Italian-American neighborhood in the suburbs of Chicago, and I didn't know how to pray. <laughs> you know, I really did it. And um, to answer your question, I, I think he came to me because he knew what I needed at that moment, and he knew what was to come. Because Jesus coming to me that evening in the Tahoe, wasn't the end. It was the beginning. I thought it was the end. I thought it was the answer to all my prayers. You know, we get wrapped up as God and Jesus's Santa Claus, you know, to rescue us and everything's going to be great, but the journey just begins. That's a
0: good point. That's a good point. Another question I have for you specifically with your testimony, you said that you encountered peace, joy, love, hope, all of those things hit your life. How did that change your life moving forward, just even in the first few weeks after that encounter?
1: It changed me instantly. Um, later that night, I was to meet my wife. And when she saw me for the first time, she knew something happened to me. She said, I looked different. And that was a couple hours after this had happened to me. I was alone when it happened.
0: Was she, is she a believer too in this time or not, not yet?
1: Yeah. At that time, no, no. No, not at all. She was not really raised religious or anything, but one of her quotes to me was, the man that I married is back. And I go into that in the book as well, and how it affected my relationships with people and the people in my lives. I lost a lot of friends. I gained some new ones.
0: Found on Harmony Lane, a story of one man's journey after turning his back on God, his eyes were opened to reality. This story highlights how he sought God out in his despair. It expresses the gratitude that while in his pain and suffering he so rightly deserved, he found freedom through grace, mercy, and forgiveness on the way to reconciliation. Find more information by visiting lulu.com backslash spotlight backslash nick sash that is n-i-c-k-s-a-s-h. Sleep Tight is a book about love. Young kids can learn from the source of all love, God. After all, God is love. This book gives colorful and practical ways to put love into practice. In a fun way, it provides a way for someone to introduce scripture into your children's life. It could be an opportunity to memorize verses and talk about ways that we could truly love one another. It could be a great conversation starter for children. Find out more information by searching Sleep Tight on Amazon today.
1: Making a story of this encounter with Jesus, a lot of people don't believe it. I've I've had people doubt me. And, you know, I just plant the seed. If you want to know my story, I tell my story. But I wrestled with this testimony of what happened to me for the last seven years. Why was I chosen? Why did this happen? Why did I see Hmm. Jesus Christ himself in my car, of all places, on a rainy night, driving down the road? OK, what, you know, why mm. and what do I do with this? And I go into that a little bit in the book. I had some good mentors along the way. And one of the things I want to point out, too, you know, you say, how did it change me in the days and weeks after the devil came at me hard? You know, he came at me real hard after this. Yeah. And I ended up within two weeks, I, I got baptized in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, I wanted the mark of Christ on me. I wanted to be on team Jesus and I wanted the enemy to know it's over, buddy. Those days are gone. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, I stand on this team, but you know, that's why I say I, I thought everything was done. You know, that, that was the home run. Jesus seen Jesus, but it was only the beginning and I fought some, uh, some demons immediately after. Without giving too
0: much information away. You did say that your wife said, I got my husband back. But what did that mean? Because you said that you weren't really a
1: Christian before. What do you mean by that? She got her husband back. We had been married for about 17 years at that time and had drifted apart. And I didn't know I had drifted. Okay. I still thought I was the guy that was in control and doing everything. And the man that she fell in love with and who I was and the heart that she saw at that time, I guess it had become hardened and different and changed over time as we go about our daily lives and pursue success and families and different things. Yeah. And I was opened. I was different. I was Isn't different. it
0: amazing how just encountering Jesus opens us back up, it softens our heart, and puts us back on that path where we're supposed
1: to be in the first place. It's amazing. It, exactly. And, and you don't realize it like I say the most profound thing to me was that feeling of weightlessness that I experienced after it, Mm -hmm. that when I asked him, you know, to confess my sins and I, I let everything go that it did leave me. It left me. And it was so awesome. (laughs) It was so reassuring. I couldn't believe how free I felt. And and I think that's to the non-believers. I think that's a big problem when they think of us Christians, you know, and they they have questions about the faith and how it's going to change their lives. And am I going to be, I'm going to have to do all these rules and the things I enjoy in life. And, but to me, the exact opposite is true. It's liberating. Yeah. Faith in Jesus is liberating. The things that concern you and the anxieties and the, the hardships of life become so much more tolerable and, and, life becomes easier. It's not more difficult. It's almost like an oxymoron, you know, and it's the mystery of the, of the whole faith. Jesus said he will give us rest. He gave me rest. I'll tell you, I'm still resting. <laughs> <laughs> Some of
0: the things you write about here, it says you talk about growing up, heartbreak, redemption, and love.
1: What else could you say about these things? Oh, man. Well, we all go through heartbreak. I certainly went through through my heartbreak, I was, um, didn't even know I was going to, I had heartbreak in the past as well, you know, love and redemption, you know, redemption comes in a lot of forms and a lot of shapes, but you have to be open to it. And I I guess, you know, without reading the whole book to explain that, (laughs) that question, there is redemption and Jesus not only redeemed me, but he redeemed my whole family, through me, and some other people I met along the way.
0: It's amazing. Another thing you wrote here is that if you wonder if miracles can still happen, this book is for you. And what are some other miracles that you encountered through your life, maybe other testimonies or things you do write about in the book?
1: Well, I do write about a situation when I started my first business, and uh, the name of that chapter in the book is called "We' Got to Go Back." And I was in my late 20s and I had a business partner. And one of the stories I put in the book is we were near bankrupt. We had started our business a few months before and realized that um, our clients don't pay us right away. (laughs) We didn't know that. We're young, started this business on a shoestring, and we were at our wit's end. We had to pay the rent. We had to pay our couple of employees, and we didn't know where to turn, and we had no money. Credit cards were done. And it was uh, another kind of drizzly night winter in winter coming on in Chicago before Christmas. Again, it seems to be a theme in my life right around Thanksgiving time, right around before Christmas. <laughs> the encounters. Happy. And I said to my partner, I got the idea. I know how we can get our money. And he said, Greg. And I said, grab your coat. Let's go. And we left our building. We walked out down the streets in Chicago. We went to St. Peter's Cathedral in downtown of Chicago. And he was like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? And he was raised Catholic like I was. And I said, we're going to go in and pray to God and ask him for money. So we did. Okay. Wow. And I don't want to give too much away. We screwed it up. Um, We had to go back. After um, he said his prayers, lit some candles and kept the offering, a few bucks of money that we had for an offering. And he kept it. And I discovered that as we were walking back to the office and now I was really ticked off. And I said, "Okay, we got to go back. You can't cheat God. Okay, (laughs) this is what I said. Yeah. And we went back and I'll leave the story there. And we redid the whole situation without giving too much away about what happened. But that's one of the chapters in the book. And it's called We Got to Go Back.
0: What are some of your other favorite moments in the book? With, of course, without giving too much away, but just to yeah, tease us you know, a little bit.
1: I, I wrote about a lot of heavy things that happened in my life, and especially with The Girl in the Orange Bikini. And writing it brought up a lot of memories. It was difficult. You know, before every writing session that I had, I mean, I, I worked on this book for almost eight months. And I would pray. I'd ask the Holy Spirit to be with me. And I would tell God, "This isn't just my story. This is our story. Help me tell our story." And you know, one of the things uh, that I did, I included in there, and midway through the book, is a chapter called "Soundtracks." I just listed the fifty songs that affected me in my life, without saying why, for people to share. Pop rock, um, some worship songs that really touched my soul, songs I loved growing up. I was a child of the 60s, you know, I I grew up with Mm -hmm. a lot of music. Music was always a theme in my house, in our household, with me through my life. And even to this day, before we jumped on, I was listening to some tunes. I'm always listening to music. That was one of my fun chapters, because I got to explore, yeah, why does this song mean so much to me? For instance, one of the songs I have in there is Lowdown by Boz Skaggs. And I want the readers to be so inclined to maybe give it a listen. But the reason that's in there is I also grew up during disco and when I would go out with my friends that was always at the disco lowdown was huge and you know death was arrested by Aaron Schust that song always touches my soul and after I became a Christian I used to think you know Christian pop and rock was oh, a yawner mm-hmm, yeah but after being touched and and listening to it it so many of the songs just resonate what I felt and death was arrested is a song that resonated with me because he speaks about, you know, being saved. And that's one of the emotions that I had when I went through this, but that was one of my fun chapters. And I also wrote about the time I asked, uh, at my first job for a raise and, uh, some chapters about my parents and growing up and, the overriding themes I've had people that have previewed my book tell me is hope, family, love, and the search for for peace and kind of always returning to go home a little bit like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> you know, that really that's what we all search for.
0: Yeah. What could you if you could give our audience one overall point that from your time here today, from just your overall message in your book, what do you think that would be?
1: that miracles do exist because I'm living proof that miracles can happen. You know, I had someone in my life ask me, why is it that people turn to Jesus and God when they're at their lowest points? It's the drug addict Mm -hmm. or the alcoholic who lost his family or the guy that went bankrupt and is homeless now, you know, why is it that, you know, the regular people that are just going through their lives, you know, don't seem to experience it. And I said, because their hearts aren't open. When you're down at your lowest point and you've got no friends, you've got no family left and you feel lost, that's when he'll appear to you. Mm -hmm. may not appear the way he did to me, but he'll be there. And you just got to reach up and take that hand, however it appears. Um, So the the overwhelming thing, I think, is that hope exists. You're never alone. It's never as dark as you think. You just have to open your heart and take Mm -hmm. it in because it's there.
0: And it's interesting, like you say, you feel like you're alone. You felt like you were lost. You were alone and all of those things. But now looking back, you can see he was there. He was providing for you, protecting you, saving you from other things that could have happened.
1: Yeah, and and one of the quotes in the book, you know, because I said to Jesus, I can't believe it's you. You're really here. Where have you been? Mm. And he replied to me. Okay, I talked with him. And I don't want to give too much away. But the essence of it was he was always with me. Mm. It was almost like he said, you know, goofball, I've always been here, Mm -hmm. you know, just open Um, your eyes or turn around, you know, there I was. Yeah. And, you know, I approach it with humor, but there's a lot of heavy, heavy things in the book, but it's Mm. I wanted to write it in a conversational style, easy to read. You know, if my book, Jesus and the Girl in the Orange Bikini doesn't go anywhere, that's okay because it's already affected a few people in my circle that I let read the book. And, and that's what I wanted. It's, it's not just my story. It's God's story. I, like I said, I prayed most of the time before I started writing every chapter or where I was going and said, help me tell our story. Let me tell our story. Mm. Let me do it justice. You know? So I hope I did. Do you have any
0: plans for future books, other testimonies that you're going to write about?
1: I get asked that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I may be just one and done. Um, maybe there's more, maybe there'll be a follow-up because life is always interesting. You yeah. never know. You just never know. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else that you would want to tell our audience today about your book, your life? Are you pursuing anything else in your life?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'd like to maybe just close with the fact that I'm just a regular guy. I was, still am. I'm still salty. I enjoy a good cigar. I enjoy going out and shooting a good game of pool, you know, Christianity. One of the big problems I had in one of my mentors and I write about him in the book. I said, okay, now that this happened to me, do I have to stand on street corners with my Bible? Mm. And he said to me, God made you who you are, Accept who you are saltiness and all you love sports. You love baseball. Be you. It will come in time. It will come. Don't try to be what you're not, because he created you. The creator created you. And, And that was one of the things that I struggled with. Okay, who am I now as a Christian? And last summer, last September, it just came to me. It was put into my soul. I don't know, you know, from God to write this book, share our story. And I sat down on my laptop. I had a blank piece of paper. And I just started writing what happened and it all came together. You know, it yeah. just all came together.
0: Wonderful. Well, again, Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Where can we find this book? And do you have any other social media points or
1: platforms that our audience can visit? Um, I'm not a big social media person. I am on Facebook. You can find me there. Um, the book is available on Amazon. The ebook launch is April 11th. The paperback is available now. And uh, that's probably where I'll just keep it rusted. Again, I don't envision myself out there pounding the pavement. I'm not a Twitter, Instagram, TikTok type of person. TikToker, yeah, yeah. I understand. You know. and w- <laughs> and oh, and it's on more- Goodreads too. You can Goodreads. find it in Goodreads. Okay. One more thing. You said you love baseball. Of course, it's the Cubbies, right? Um, it was the Cubbies for most of my life last year after they traded away some of our oh, guys no. <laughs> I'm with the White Sox and I lived in Florida for 17 years. I'm being in this, you know, a okay. Okay. I understand. I, I rooted for Chicago teams, you know? So I did have a spot in my heart for the White Sox, but this year and last year I went all in on the White Sox, you know, oh. I just couldn't <laughs> handle the fact that the Cubs did it again and got rid of players we all invested in. Yeah. So,
0: Well, thanks again. You just listened to our podcast here, My Life Now. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.